Hello, friends, and welcome to the PrepWell podcast. I'm your host, Phil Black. And if you have an 8th, 9th, or 10th grader with big aspirations, like the Ivy League or military service academies like West Point, ROTC, or athletic scholarships, boom, you've come to the right place. My specialty, my superpower, if you will, is preparing families for these competitive programs. I'll teach you what your child should do, when they should do it, and how you can help. So stick around and prepare to out-prepare. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the PrepWell podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to take a break from what I try to do every week, which is to pass along useful and actionable tips and ideas and tactics related to college admissions. And while those things are important, today I wanted to step back and share a metaphor that I think captures the daily battle that we as parents are up against. This is the battle that we engage in every day with our teenagers. And my hope is that this will give you pause to stop and think about your relationship with your teen. How is it going? What grade would you give yourself? What grade would you give your teenager? What type of effort are you putting in? How much effort is your teen putting in? What is your parenting philosophy? So what are some of the pushes and the pulls that we face every day with our teens? How hard do we push them? How much freedom do we give them? How often do we let them fail? Do we let them fail on the small stuff, but intervene on the big stuff? Do we ask them to do a certain chore, even though we know that they'll do a crappy job at it? How much should we trust them? On their own in the basement, with their friends out in town, with their girlfriend or boyfriend? What do we do when or if they betray that trust? Do they have a curfew? Is it earlier or later than their peers? Do we allow them to drive their friends around before they are legally allowed to? How much screen time do they get? Do we regulate that and how? Do we install content blockers or monitors on their computers and phones or trust that they'll do the right thing? How hard should we expect them to work? Should they take all honors and AP courses? Or should there be some built-in slack in the system? If they're not studying or reading as much as we'd like, do we force them to? Do we pay them to do it? Do we guilt them into doing it? Do we just model this behavior and hope for the best? After all, we know that reading and studying is for their own good. Or do we let them flounder on their own and waste some of the most academically foundational years of their lives? Do we let them go the entire summer without solving a single math problem, knowing that this will set their math skills back several months? Do we give them an allowance? Because between school and extracurricular activities and volunteer work, there's no time for an actual paying job. Or is working for their own money at a young age more valuable than their 6th AP class or 60th volunteer hour or 600th hour of lacrosse practice? Do we get on their case every time they leave the screen door open or their dirty socks under the table or the ketchup on the counter? Or do we let some of these things slide? 
How much slack do we give before it appears that we're actually condoning laziness and disrespect for the household? Do we mandate that they volunteer 150 hours a year? Is that too much? Is that too little? Or is that none of our business? Do we pretend that we like their girlfriend or boyfriend, even though we have serious reservations? Do we guide them into things that we want them to do, rather than things that they want to do? Are we forcing them to be what we never were in order to fill a void in our unfulfilled lives? If they are indifferent about what they want to do, do we let them wallow in their ambivalence? Or do we push them to pick something? These are the battles that we wage, sometimes hour by hour as parents, and it can be exhausting. The metaphor that I like to use is that of a tug of war. Your teen is on one side, and you're on the other side, and there's a flag in the middle showing who's got the upper hand at any given point in time, and you both have a tight grip, and you're digging those feet in, looking for leverage as you lean back to take up the slack. And so the tug of war begins. And each of these decisions and rules and freedoms and resistance represents the tugging from either side. And this tugging creates tension. This tension in the rope represents the fine line between what you want for your child and what your child wants for themselves or they think they want for themselves. This tension, the pull and release, the pull and release, represents life with a teenager. And by the way, as you add multiple teens into the mix, the tension only gets stronger. Now, if you pull too hard and the flag in the middle ends up on your side of the field, you've won the battle, but have you won the war? If you let go of that tension and let your teen win and give in to their demands or their tantrums, or their arguments, or their resistance, the flag may end up on their side of the field. Loosen your grip too much or too soon, and they may stumble back off a cliff. So what's the solution? How do we reduce this ever-present tension with our teens? The answer is that we can't and we shouldn't, if we're doing parenting right. We have to live with the tension. We have to acknowledge it. We have to embrace it. We have to understand that this constant back and forth is there for a reason. And we should keep in mind that there should not be any clear winners of this tug of war during high school. Because in this case, tension is good. Seeing that flag move back and forth and back and forth while still in play as you're heaving and hoeing and heaving and hoeing is where you want to be. Because things often go bad at the extremes. If you pull too hard until that flag is well-established on your side of the field and force your child to do things that they don't want to do, even if that pulling gets them into a particular college or helps them get an athletic scholarship, that strategy may very well come back to haunt you in the form of deep-seated resentment someday. You may hear something like this from your floundering 26-year-old down the road, Hey, mom and dad, why didn't you trust me enough to make my own decisions, my own mistakes? Why did you force me down this path? Now I'm miserable. 
Now, wouldn't that be a treat to hear from your 26-year-old? If, on the other hand, you give them slack, a lot of slack, so that the red flag is well on their side of the field, and you let them do what they want, you essentially let go of the rope and let them figure it out on their own. Now, doesn't this sound romantic and old school? There's a good chance that they will fail, and they will fail hard. And guess what that 26-year-old might ask you someday? Hey, Mom and Dad, why didn't you push me harder when I was younger? Why didn't you make me study or practice for the SAT or get a job? So the bottom line is, as parents, it's our job to wage this tug of war every day, every hour, every minute, whether it's exhausting or not. It's our job to maintain the tension. That might mean tweaking our tone a little bit or giving a little bit of slack on the curfew one night or holding our ground when it comes to phone use. Our job is to hold that tension. Let the flag go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Keep it in the field of play. And remember, we're talking about the teen years here. It's a relatively short window when we as parents need to be at our best. The struggle, the tugging, the tension, it doesn't last forever. In fact, our goal in the years leading up to our children leaving for college is to slowly and intentionally and with some apprehension lose that tug of war. By then we're done. They're their own person, for good or for bad. The bulk of our parenting is over. Of course, we're still a part of their lives and we should still do our best to guide them. But now the rope is in their hands. Until, of course, they have a teenager of their own. At which point, they will need to pick up that rope again, dig their feet in, lean back, get leverage, and prepare to hold that tension all over again. That's all I've got for you today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the continued support. If you know a parent with an 8th grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, 12th grader in high school that might find this helpful, please share the episode with them. You can do that by finding the small box with the tiny arrow pointing up. That's the share button. Click that share button. Text your friends the link to this episode. Maybe put a little personal note in there from you, recommending that they give it a listen. Of course, if you have questions, comments, or an idea for an upcoming episode, please don't hesitate to reach out to me by email, DM me on Instagram, check out our blog, Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, goodbye, good luck, and never stop preparing. This podcast is brought to you by PrepWell Academy. PrepWell Academy is my one-of-a-kind online mentoring program that delivers to your ninth or 10th grader a short, highly relevant video from me every week, every Sunday, in fact, where I give them a heads up about what they should be thinking about to stay ahead of the game. To get these valuable lessons into your child's hands, please head over to PrepWellAcademy.com and enroll your child today.